Hello, welcome back to Julie Loves Television. Um, back for another week, and of course it's another week in a row, but this time I'm actually recording a week apart from the last one. Um, so today I'm basically talking about the same topics as um last week, mostly because it's the only shows I've been wa- only yeah content I've been pretty much watching. I think. I watched a movie here or there, but not enough to, like, warrant talking about it at all, any further. But, and I knew, and this is weekend that the new Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie came out. I don't really have a huge interest in seeing either of them. Contrary to, what, like, every other piece of media about TV and, or about movies is talking about. Um... Also, I'm super busy. Not enough time to go out to the movies to watch like two, what, three hour movies or something like that. At least one of them is, right? Um, so let's start off with the first thing I watched. So, I actually watched the latest episode of Cruel Summer live on air as I was watching, as I was airing, sorry, which is extremely rare for me to do. But I was just I've been so invested and I know how short this show is and like since it's an anthology series it's not as if I have to watch it continuously for years and years and there's gonna be a huge break in between that tends to be where I fall off is where breaks occur in like an airing schedule of like live stuff well where it used to be I don't watch a ton of stuff that um that's airing currently live like I tend to wait until it's out on like um a streaming platform has no ads before I'll watch the whole the whole prior current season I just uh, find that like the stuff that airs on television and it's streaming out of two places the next day on like the network's own streaming app like CW it's on like their CW website or whatever I find that those websites are absolutely terrible for streaming even though they're like one of the oldest ways you can stream tv shows that are like currently airing and yet i guess i haven't really checked it checked on it lately it's just especially with the cw they repeat the same commercials over and over and over again and with that kind of stuff you it's hard to like log in watch something pause it and come back to it later that makes it a little bit harder to watch it still because I don't always have time to watch it in one sitting. Um, anyways, off the point, and not a lot of stuff I watch anymore is like that super long stuff airing anymore, which is why I liked Hulu. Because even though the interface used to be not great and it's still not the greatest anymore, it's much better than like the actual network's websites to watch stream television movies and stuff like that or I guess mostly TV so now that everything's more fragmented it's harder to watch stuff and keep an eye on what's airing currently anyways anyways so I watched the latest episode of Cruel Summer now this show is extremely hard to like discuss figure out how to discuss in any linear way because it's jumping around between three time periods throughout the whole entire thing. Like like I said last week, it was summer 2000, summer 1999, and winter 1999. And so I've tried to, as I was taking notes, take notes in different sections of when this the time period occurred and leave the most significant things until the end, I think I did. Or not, not the most significant, but like in an order that made sense to me in the linear way of this, in the way of the story was going. I guess maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, anyways. Like I suppose we'll, we'll see how it works. So starting off, so in summer two thousand, the sheriff now knows that Megan is the one who's on the sex tape with, um, that was shown at the part the Christmas party, and that she and uh, Isabella have. And not that the sheriff knows this, but she and Is- Megan and Isabel not to work together closer to get their story straight on everything 
about them moving forward because obviously they're involved in some way in Luke's death. And at the same time that this is occurring, the cops are looking through like the video footage taken on on New Year's Eve party. And I was, I was this is kind of where I was wondering too if they're ever gonna do this because you see constantly the friend, I forget his name, taking video of like parties and stuff like that. And you like like some of the scenes are through the video camera because you obviously know it's gonna come up later. And. So, like I said, it's like a prominent feature of him in the background, and they he's always holding the camera, so obviously they want you to know that it's going to come up somehow. And then Megan and Isabella break into Ned's cabin. So he's at the anti-social like, computer expert who has a cabin next to Luke's, where Luke died. And he's like, earlier episodes, you see him shooting at birds in the air, and he's like, he like goes off and kind of I want to kind of goes crazy and like attacks Luke for some reason and Megan earlier an earlier episode and just seems to be sort of unhinged and you don't really know how much you can trust about like what you know about him because I think Megan has said earlier that he used to work all these big tech companies and got kicked out somehow for some reason it's not immediately clear because they so Megan and Isabella break into his cabin, Ned's cabin, because Megan had found out that he has exterior cameras that face the road that that Megan and Isabella brought Luke on the night of New Year's Eve. And Megan found out about these cameras because Megan has been secretly working with Ned because Megan is a super into the computers and in the in summer two thousand is clearly like a hacker for hire. She's earning money for some reason, and it's not immediately clear what. I'm assuming for, like, schooling and stuff. Even though at this point in the story, she still has her scholarship for school. And then you don't know that she, if she lost it or not. And at this point, Sheriff then finds, ends up, after the, after the sheriffs and the cops look through the tapes even more, end up finding a tape of Isabella and Megan plotting together to get revenge on Luke at the New Year's Eve party. Now, I don't know enough about technology, but it seems crazy that the share, like, it seems like a small police department would be able to isolate footage like that to get what a particular person is saying. I don't even know if they can do that now. Mm, if, with like a, it seems like a pretty basic camera, though. Could be a higher tech camera, but I don't know if like, the friend was far enough away that you couldn't that it would be able to even pick that up and wouldn't to isolate it wouldn't have to be a different segment or something I don't know I'm not all in the technology so I don't really know so then moving on to what happened somewhere in 99 you start to be then start to be, you see the beginnings of Luke's and Megan's relationship you also start to see the deception on Luke's side so it's not really just an out-of-nowhere thing that occurred on with Luke, but he was kind of always a liar and secretive, even convincing Isabella to lie to Megan about the lengths that their relationship went to, or how in-depth it went to, I guess you can describe it as. And you can also start seeing at this point Isabella beginning to feel a bit more out of place with the friendship dynamic because Luke and Megan have grown so much closer. At, as like a couple rather than just as friends and Isabella is no longer with Luke and like the crossover there and how quick quickly they moved on is kind of crazy and kind of weird I guess Megan's more of a loner so I guess she wouldn't really think of it as weird and he's always been her friend but you'd think it'd be weird if someone just moves on so quickly with you who and someone especially who's your f- close-ish friend now at this point and at this point, I'm also wondering if Isabella is harboring some more like hard feelings towards Megan and Luke being together than what she puts on, but maybe not really in a jealous of the relationship sort of way. It's like jealous of closeness of losing a friend. And I, I want, I really want to think that this show is just showing you this to be like a misdirect that 
maybe she's not actually crazy possessive in any way she's just wants a friend and is afraid of losing a friend and i don't know it's it's percolated in so much throughout all these episodes that it makes me think that it's more than just a misdirect because it's if i was seeing this of someone i knew i'd be like that's too much and they grew together close together so fast and she does lie a lot about her past and what's going on in her life so it just it does seem very out of place and very suspicious that it's not gonna end well and you can i definitely think it's a misdirect it'd be way too obvious if she did something because she's sort of been she's kind of a flat character throughout this whole entire thing to be completely honest so make so this put on affect of being jealous and possessive seems out of place but it could just be like to give the actor something interesting to do i don't know because it doesn't initially it seemed like it would be like a split story between the two main between megan and isabella but it much more seems like megan's story than isabella's and she's just like a side character that's along for the ride maybe a little bit i don't know um and then you see that luke's brother's girlfriend also broke up with him around this time so that makes me think even more that luke's brother is more involved in this whole situation than he seems because he's starting to seem more gross more grosser and grosser than he has in the past he's kind of who thought it's kind of a little of a put on thing but i guess recording tapes of him and girls is kind of is very gross to begin with too but it just it he also is talking in really gross ways now like outwardly gross especially like isabella like undoing her like swimsuit top in the back as she walked away in a public place while they're at like a car wash where isabella's hanging out with all the other friends and megan and luke are like just starting to get together and are like kind of combined at the hip at this point so now into the flashback of new year's day where it's like the whole actual events are happening rather than being a pre or post so megan is now very clearly out for vengeance against luke for what she overheard him talking about and clearly realizing that he's a real liar although it's so interesting because they were such close friends before any of this happened it's, he she just must be so blinded by liking him so much that he she just didn't see any of this before or maybe he's just showing true colors now which seems kind of late to be showing who you are and becoming a new person maybe he's just able to hide it really well or it's a result of the family he's in because it doesn't seem like a great dynamic all around even with the father and the brother and so they get Megan and Isabella get Luke back to the cabin. Luke doesn't know Isabella's there. And Megan tricks Luke into being tied up to the bed that's in the cabin. And then brings Isabella in to confront Luke about what he's been doing and saying behind all their backs. Megan then goes to make drinks. It's, just, it's then clear that they are the ones who actually dosed his drink with what they... what um. What they th- what they what they're calling truth serum, like I guess mus- muscle relaxants that were mentioned in the autopsy, and you can kind of see more clearly that the bedding on the bed that Luke's tied to is the bedding that Megan threw away that had blood on it prior. So you're like, okay, so there's something physical is going to happen in this place where it's definitely going to be Luke whose blood that is. Even though it seemed like a misdirect before, it definitely seems more likely than not that it, it was his. And something more serious did happen, but it seems so crazy that they would be the ones who actually killed him. Although, that'd be a real straightforward thing if they actually did and they were just covering it up or something. And maybe something more interesting is coming out in the conversation that they're going to end up having later on. Anyways, um... So, like, very much seems like this whole situation is trying to get to the bottom of what all the lies were that were told by Luke. And, like, oh my god, something insane then happens. Like, they filmed the entire 
the interrogation of Luke. And I'm like, this is totally going to bite them in the ass because Isabella or no, Megan comes out with the camera that recorded her and Luke. And it's nothing comes out that Luke made the sex tape of him and Megan, which is like insane to do. And it's like, he's just been really putting on a act this entire time for everybody, I, I guess. And it's like, if it's pre- it comes to be a pretty obvious conclusion, if it was the brother, it would definitely make him seem like more of a bad brother when it seems like they're like switching spots between him and Luke now, especially with the interactions between the brother and Megan in the present, I guess present day, summer 2000. It's like, I don't know if it's better to be like, to hide yourself as a bad guy or just or just put it on a facade. Like, so the brother. Sorry, that was confusing. I don't know if it's like the brother's hiding himself by being a bad guy or is just putting on a facade to make you think he's a bad person or is just actually like a really bad guy. And there's maybe maybe after Luke's death he's changing a little bit or something. I don't know. There's something going on with the brother that I can't grasp in this moment and then as some time goes on in the interrogation now becomes clear what was the falling out between Megan and Isabella Luke admits to Megan that Isabella is also lying that he and Isabella had sex and that they made a deal to lie to Megan about it and Megan states she definitely feels like this is what tore them apart as friends I mean she's pregnant and nobody else knows about it even Isabella doesn't know until like the summer of 2000 and then Luke also starts saying that Megan feels like Isabella is actually smothering an obsessive friend, which you've never seen Megan really put on before, but you really don't, s- I guess, maybe it's going to come back up in uh, as episodes move forward and you see more of Summer 99. Maybe you'll see that even more because you really only get to the starting of the relationship between Megan and Luke. And I guess at that point, Isabella then becomes more of something if what Luke is saying is true and then holy crap Isabella brings out a gun and like more arguing ensues between them and then Isabella shoots which you assume is Luke I don't think he's gonna die from the shot I think he gets hit and his like neck maybe and starts bleeding and that's what's on the bedding and the show more and more wants you to think that Isabella is extremely crazy and possessive over Megan it, it, it seems too obvious. Like, obviously, there's two more episodes left, so there has to be some sort of, like, twist or turn going to occur that it's not going to be either of them, and it's going to be some random third party or something, or it could be one of them. It could actually have been Megan who did it. I'm just, I, I guess I'm thrown off by what I how I know the first season ended, that there's some sort of something else sinister going on that is lurking beneath the surface so like the show makes you want to think it's this person but also makes you think that it's too obvious that it's this person and then because it's too obvious to everybody else and then it ends up being who you think it is and the person was involved the entire time is just putting out an act for everybody i don't know so then at the end of the episode in summer 2000 both girls confessed it was actually the other that caused luke's death because the sheriffs are playing off, off of both of them against each other because saying that the other confessed and what happened and uh, the obvious regular tactics when putting two suspects against each other now I think this season is way better for me than the first season I don't know why I obviously didn't finish like I said last week the first season so I don't really know why I think that but I think the story is super interesting and moving in an interesting direction and has like elements to a story that I normally really like that I, I don't mind that it's like twisted and turned in different ways and I like mysteries and I like to, I like the main characters I don't really like Isabella all that much because she does seem crazy to me and not much going on outside of the friendship with Megan and I do like 
where one's like it's not about like a metamorphosis into a completely different person it's more metamorphosis more into who she is as someone like megan is and like i said it's still all the 90s music early 2000s music like it's not really yeah that's playing all the time it must be so expensive at this point it's super distracting like they play a lot of top music in like what i'm gonna talk about next summer night pretty but it's less distracting to me because they're playing obvious top 20 hits people listen to still all these years later because they're recognizable to me it just seems like a lot and like with summer night pretty i don't recognize all the music they're playing but i know it must be popular I don't know. I think the story is interesting. No. So, who do I think is end up going to be the killer of Luke? Hmm. I want to say it's too obvious to be either of the girls. I feel like they did something and left him there, and then something else happened where he drowned. Because he got into the water, drowned with the muscle relaxants still. So they. I wonder, I wonder if they called somebody. No, probably not, because they're not really interacting with anybody else as if to keep it a secret. But Megan and the brother, like, have this some sort of vibe going on that I feel like there is something more. And I don't know if it's just me being super into romance in, like, movies, TV, stuff like that, and books in that way. Am I being clouded by that? But I can't imagine I am because they seem too friendly and he seems too willing to let her get away and not be caught. He still seems like a super gross guy. Hmm. I don't really don't know. Like the father seems way too obvious because he seems way too upset to try to and try to really trying to get it solved. Interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> I. It could be anyone at this point still, because they're not being super obvious. Some parts are being super slow about finding out what actually is going to occur. And it seems too isolated to be a ton of different people because they're so isolated out in the woods. I don't know. I'm super curious. Obviously, two more episodes. Totally willing to watch. I don't think I'd be able to watch tomorrow night's episode live. But I'll definitely try to watch it whenever I can. But once once again, like I said, it's 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 so good and so interesting. And I like I like the why mystery sort of thing. And it's kind of like a kind of what I liked about Pretty Little Liars, I suppose. There's some mystery, there's YA elements. I like YA TV. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I definitely recommend watching it. I don't, and I def- definitely think you can watch the second season without watching the first. So, what I really took me by surprise this week, and I want, what I'm going to talk about next, is the Summer I Turned Pretty episode 4 of season 2 that just came out this last Thursday. I think, yeah. One other thing I want to say, what I really like about how they Amazon releases shows is that you you can kind of make it into appointment television because they do release it at like 7 p.m. I want to say or like some late enough time uh, the day before that you can watch it like you're watching live television. I don't know in most markets or if that's just the different timing they're doing for different places like they're releasing at midnight at a certain time and it's just releasing here differently because i'm in a different time zone than wherever their standard time zone is but that's what i do like about it i don't have to wait until the next day to binge or do anything like that or watch the latest episode because amazon's more being more of like a weekly release schedule than than say like amazon uh netflix that's what i don't because then netflix stuff releases at midnight who is able to watch that for at least 12 or more hours? It's got to be more than 12. Minimum uh, 16 hours. 
So I'm like, how is this worth it for them to be releasing stuff at midnight and nobody being able to watch it for a very long time? Because in my time zone, I don't want to say. But I don't know. I, find, I do like how they release stuff so that, that way I could watch it. I was just too nostalgic for uh, um, appointment television sort of thing. So that way I don't have to accidentally run into spoilers during the middle of the day because me perpetually online sometimes I get into spoilers and I because I can't help myself and with this and now they release it it's much much harder to get into spoilers because I know it can be released in a time when I can watch it and not interfere with anything else anyway moving on to the actual episode season two episode four again I must say the season is just getting better and better by episode by episode. And then they make the perfect choice to bring lightness to the show when all three episodes prior were, fi- were filled with so much sadness and melancholy. But of course, until the very end, which kind of rips your heart out, but we'll get there. And also, I want to say, one of my main thoughts of this episode, I don't think an audience has ever seen Conrad say so many words in an episode. He's normally super broody in the background, saying a few words. And he's like extremely happy throughout the entire episode or most of the episode. It's it's like, is this a completely new person that we're watching on screen? And it's like kind of feeling like you're now watching the person that Belly loved all those years. Because so clearly everyone could tell he was different last summer. So And even Belly wasn't really responding to the moodiness as an attractive fe- feature. Like, you know, like a bad boy sort of thing. She could tell he was different. And this isn't the person she liked. And I was like, oh, I totally see this as being, this is who he actually is. And why everybody likes him. And why Belly likes him. Although, they don't show a lot of flashbacks to like really solidify that as like an actual feature. But it kind of makes sense to me. And the origin of this affair that Belly has in her room at the summer house. That it, the, what they call, refer to as Junior Mint. And like why it was so special to her. It's just so cute. So the episode picks up right where the last one left off. Conrad escapes to the beach while he's having a panic attack. Steven has followed him to figure out what was going on. Turned out, turns out Conrad had gotten into Stanford. And he was worried about leaving his family behind after the, his mother just died. So that miss, this makes a lot more sense for how the show is going to go moving forward. He and Belly are going to go in a bit more separate directions and this could be one of the pushing points where he pushes Belly away towards Jeremiah near the end because you feel them moving closer together but then further apart at the same time normally one we think it would like affect the future of the show with him being so far away but a big part of the show is his being in the summer and them gathering together after being apart from each other so it makes sense is coming together seeing what talk about what happened over the past year in the way that the second season is occurring with flashbacks and stuff. But also, like, they're coming together for a specific event, like, time and event to, as one rather than moving through the year all together. The next morning, Sky and Julia show up at the beach house. Turns out Julia is there to set up for the open house that she's having. And Julia just seems like a real bitch to these kids and how they all feel about this house without trying to figure out a better option. And I don't know what the reason is she could ever conjure up later for you to really understand the perspective of this character. And it also doesn't really seem like Kira Sedgwick would be willing to just play someone as one-dimensionally a bitch. But I don't know. The air con- um, then the air conditioning stops working in the house and Julia sends out all the kids while she gets the air conditioning fixed clearly a setup by like Steven to get it f- to delay an open house everyone then decides to go to the boardwalk to play games like they used to very much a carnival ap- atmosphere tons of rides and games um it's part of a tradition they used to have together Belly and Conrad used to be like very com- competitive and that competitiveness is why their mothers wouldn't allow them to go there anymore Everyone is getting along really well in bickering. Belly and Conrad are bickering and it's just extremely cute in their competitiveness with each other. And it decide to separate his teams like, to go against each other in a variety of games. And, Jer- and clearly Jeremiah and Belly are also growing um, back much closer together over the day. 
Belly and Conrad are competing against each other in Papa Shot, and they're continuing to bicker and get along so well. And when it comes um, time for Belly to pick a prize for winning, we actually get another flashback in how she won Junior Mint, her stuffed bear. Conrad invited her along the boardwalk with Belly thinking that he wanted to spend time with her. But Conrad really just wanted to talk to a girl who works one of the games. Belly then is super upset, like in the past, but decides to leave Conrad at the game. Conrad comes to find Belly because she's been gone so long. And she's upset, but she's trying to like play it off. And I must say, they're doing a really good job of making these characters seem very much younger in these flashbacks. Like, I've never seen someone, like, the Belly character, she's young, but she looks so young with, like, braces and, like, the glasses and, like, the hair and the braiding. It just works so well. And it's very believable, honestly. Um, Conrad then gives her Junior Mint what he wanted the game. And Belly sees this as her first instance of heartbreak with Conrad because he didn't really see her like that all, at all, at the time at all. And so at the end of the Papa Shot game in the present day, Belly ends up specifically choosing the, the draft. The, the draft. What she said to Conrad when she he gave her Junior Mint as what would be a better gift. So clearly she's still thinking about it and if he remembers... He would know that she still think, knows, thinks about that time. And Conrad even suggested that the same stuff animal as a gift do at the end of the game. But Belly chooses draft as a way to prove herself that she has moved on and specifically choosing a different path. But everybody can see that specifically doing, doing that is more of a sign you're not over it. But I guess it's an attempt to try. And of course everyone can see that Conrad and Seymour are going to be the winners in the games with the loser Belly of forced to go on the Tower of Terror ride, which she and Conrad were both very scared of when they were younger, and John, uh, Jeremiah decides to go on it with her, and with this being a huge turning point in their relationship where you can see how they both realize how much they miss each other's friendship and realize the trajectory of the season is going to be for them to move closer together rather than just Belly and Conrad, Belly is trying to stay away from stray away from this and denying her feelings any longer for Conrad because she knows it'll just continue to hurt her now and on the way back to the house after the end of the day belly somehow drops the giraffe which isn't kind of crazy because the car ride couldn't have been that long to forget something you were holding on to and kind of then picks it up and then asks why she didn't get another junior mint belly then states that she's not a kid anymore and she in really dismissive and forcing herself to show Conrad that she doesn't really care anymore, which kind of is throwing Conrad a bit off balance. And this is all after Stephen tells Conrad that it was nice seeing them get along so well, and it wouldn't be the worst thing if they got back together. And Conrad sort of seemed to think that it would be so much easier to pick up on whether Belly would get back together with him because she's always been there. And even if he was never at the moment going to actually go back through with it, I think he was just kind of testing the waters to see if, like, she was perceptive to it. Even though I do think at the end of the season, he's going to end up realizing that he's not in any place to get back together with her. And that's why you push him onto Jeremiah, who's much happier and more sure of himself, I suppose, and much less affecting of others. Then we wander in on the heartbreaking clip, uh, cliffhanger on the episode and where that sadness of the season has snuck back in. While all the kids are out of the house, Aunt Julia has emptied the entire house of all the, belong all the belongings, which is crazy and seems super vindictive considering Conrad had the conversation with her earlier that Susanna picked out everything that was in the house specifically and that it all means a lot to him and Jeremiah. So, and it's super crazy it's like why would a human being go out of their way to be so rude and evil to a bunch of kids who clearly care about something a ton and how could one possibly empty an entire house of all that years and years of furniture and knickknacks and stuff like that and how long could they have been gone for and even do that maybe eight maybe 12 hours but that seems crazy like i live in a one-bedroom apartment and it takes days and days for me to even pack up all the stuff and move move departments it took extremely long time to pack everything up to 
And even then, there were still bits and pieces everywhere. It's like, so you can't afford to keep this house, but to empty this entire house must have cost like $10,000 to store all the furniture, do something with it, all in that short period of time. And some overall arching thoughts. As much as I love Conrad in this episode, it is definitely going to be the case that it's all about Belly and Jeremiah and them being a thing for a while. Since it's so clearly going to be Conrad and Belly in the long run, they'd need some sort of interim thing to keep them apart and keep on the pining. Conrad just so clearly needs to work on himself and figure himself out in the future and where he wants to be, especially with him clearly going to Stanford at the end of the season. That's part of the reason why he pushes Belly away towards Jeremiah. And I don't feel like there any, there's any way that they would actually lose the house. I think there's going to be some sort of last-minute fix and agreement to keep it because so much of the show revolves around the summer and spending time at that house and at that place. And although emotionally it makes more sense to let go of the house as part of like a grieving process, but with the house being so much of a gathering place and focal point for their family and friends, it would make a lot of sense to continue to keep the house and the family. If it were a movie, they'd give up the house. With the TV show, they gotta keep the house. I just, I don't... And I'm trying not to be colored so much about what I know about the books, even though I haven't read second and third. I obviously am spoiled a little bit by seeing stuff online and um, reading synopsis of the books. Like, obviously, don't know what's gonna happen. Like, in this, in the... In the TV show, I don't know what happened gonna happen in the TV show, but you kind of can see a trajectory of where they're end up gonna go going to end up in the end of the whole series. It makes me wonder how many seasons could this show possibly go on? Because knowing the books, it's gotta be at least. I guess it has gonna be five or six, because they've got this one. They've got the next one, which takes place partially over the next summer so it's into three and then I think there's at least four uh four or five after that oh that seems way too long for this type of show to go on for I would think four or five would be perfect length they'd have to do some flash forwards in the middle of there I'd assume they could do maybe two years or something. I don't I don't think the next book takes place over the next summer. I think it takes place over a couple summers later. Maybe. Could make sense to like age up the characters a little bit more. I'm still so confused by the ages of all these teen characters. So Belly is a junior. No, was a junior, going to be a senior. Steven just graduated high school. He's going into college. I think Jeremiah is going into college too. And Conrad was a freshman going into his sophomore year. These kids are so close together in age. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. I don't know. I'm still really enjoying this show no matter how sad it is. And I, I hope there's more lightness in the next few episodes even though like what really pulls me in is all the sadness and the emotional moments because they do them really well I think they needed to get some of the sadness out of the way to really make you feel and to and get to a point where they need to drive a story forward in order to move on from the past maybe and I'm trying to think like of stuff from the trailer and what still has left to happen like volleyball I think they must still go Taylor and Belly must still go to the volleyball camp this summer either that or there's some sort of overlap within to the next school year maybe although it's not immediately clear and at some point, obviously, Laurel comes to the beach house, Belly and Stephen's mom. I think 
it might be the next episode because clearly all the bed all the furniture is gone and the kids have to find somewhere to stay and I don't think any of them have any money to stay anywhere else and they don't really know anyone I don't know what sort of plan they could hatch to try to win everything back from the mother from Angelia sorry I'm just in interesting places i can't precisely guess what's going to happen because it's not that sort of a show like the mystery of cruel summer where you have to there's so much to be left to be solved this there there is an end point to be solved but it's still like the summery beachy show with emotional moments between characters not a lot of i guess not a lot of huge events i suppose as like a general point whereas last year i guess there was a debut count ball and this year what what could possibly be a bigger event? I, I can't even think of anything. Those are rich kids, so it can't be like a fundraiser or anything. Some of them are rich kids. I don't know. Definitely the last thing would be... Hmm. I'm just... The show is so good, but so sad. I'm so looking forward to the rest of it. I'm sucks so that it's released weekly. That's I do hate that. Not being able to watch the whole thing, but it really makes you enjoy the episodes a lot more, I, I think, rather than shooting all the way through them and getting to the end of the story and not being able to, like, clearly move through the summer like they are, I suppose. I don't know. One, one other gripe I have with Amazon Prime, which I don't think Netflix does this, is when you're watching, like, a foreign movie foreign language movie and you go back to watching something in your in what normal no I don't want to say how do I say this I don't want to say I think Netflix is able to detect what your um, normal settings are and so when you go into watching something it either puts in a different language it either puts on subtitles for you or it puts on a dub I think I wish Amazon would be able to recognize that because I watch Mia Culpa and now like it feels like my settings are stuck in Spanish on Amazon Prime and it's literally the only thing I've watched of recent memory that's in a different language and I wish that they could fix that because stuff starts right away sometimes and it's hard to like scroll through all those settings to turn off subtitles and languages and it's like oh god why I wish it would just either start with in the native language of what the thing is that's playing or recognize what language you're normally watching and that your screen is in like I'm in the United States it's in, in English because my settings are English and then adjust based on that based on what you're watching I don't know is it too much to ask maybe not I'm, and I mostly watch stuff in other languages on Netflix, and so I notice it way less. I hate when the dub comes on. I don't know. I just I, so maybe it's a picky thing, but it just it's annoying that my stuff is everything is stuck in a different language for like days on end or weeks on end. It's still stuck in a different language. I think when I went to watch the latest episode of Summer Turned Pretty, even though I think the only thing between that and the prior episodes had been that. And I don't know why it would automatically go back to being Spanish. It's like, who likes dubs? As And wants that as a, their specific option to watch something as a dub. I don't know. Maybe I'm just forgetting what I watch on Amazon. Because I don't watch a ton on there. Because it's still like a terrible interface. And doesn't give you everything. Like, suggest stuff in the same way as other ones. But I don't know if Netflix is really any better. I don't know. Anyways, um... What I'm looking forward to watching this week. I am super busy this week. I don't know how much I'll be able to like get into specifically to watch. But I know the top like TV show on, on Netflix is um, Sweet Magnolias. And I'm, I'm looking forward still to watch that. But I'm accidentally... This is why I mentioned it earlier. I spoiled myself to something I was looking forward to. 
and now I'm not super pressed to watch it right away, but I will watch it because I do like the show as a general thought. And my Netflix knows that apparently what I watch it for. <laughs> um, so number one, obviously Sweet Magnolias. Um, number two is Quarterback, the docu-series about quarterbacks on Netflix. I, I don't really like any of that sort of stuff. Suits is number three. It's crazy that it's still super high on there. And it's not even an exclusive streaming thing, because I think it's on Peacock, too. And it's crazy that it's so popular, and there's like eight seasons, and I guess I guess it makes sense why you'd hear about it all the time, because apparently it's super popular in the UK. But this is US rankings. Too hot to handle. I don't watch reality TV. The Lincoln Lawyer. I tried watching the first season. I don't think it's a show for me. Survival of the Thickest. I don't really have any heard anything about it that would pique my interest toward that. The Witcher. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not super into like high fantasy stuff. Five Star Chef. I don't really watch that sort of stuff. Tom Segura's The Comedy Special. I watched it. I'm not memorable. Is it Gig 2? I don't really know if whether or not it's a spinoff because it's not extremely clear if that shows a spinoff. Um, not done the movies. Big Clone Tyrone. I've seen things about it. No interest. Puss in Boots. No interest. The Outlaws. Kind of interested in watching that. Ride Along. I don't really care for Kevin Hart. a little bit loud sometimes if that makes sense he feels like he screams sometimes a lot when he's acting maybe I just haven't watched a ton of what he's in unknown cave of bones sounds scary Captain Underpants obviously not I do his breath that would freak me out 65 nope Boss Baby nope what's what's gonna be coming soon not, nothing super piques my interest a ton, even though I do have stuff to watch. Kind of been thinking about watching the spinoff of Pretty Little Liars on Max, but I don't know if it's really for me. I just know the actors on Sweet Magnolias, and I was like, it was super, very interesting. Because I've heard things about the arc, and I'm like, I'm interested in seeing the range there. Um, Coming this week. This new, more of The Witcher, lots of some foreign stuff. There's like Happiness for Beginners. I think it's a book and it's starring Ellie Kemper. And I don't, and it seems like it's supposed to be a romantic comedy, but I don't like Ellie Kemper enough to think that would be interesting to watch. Because I do find her kind of annoying and over the top, but maybe it would be different in this. But it also has Luke Grimes and it. it was on Yellowstone. And I like him on Yellowstone. Bit of a sad sack, but I like him on there. Um, nothing else seems super interesting. Right away. Hmm. No, lots of foreign stuff. Um. The Lincoln Lawyer. When I say foreign stuff, it's more like, I, I've never heard of it before, and so it doesn't jump out to me. Um. Heartstopper, The River Wild. Mark Cavendish. I've heard the name before. I didn't realize it was a biker, a cyclist, or whatever. No, I have because I thought I saw he won Tour de France. Don't know what that is. Fisk. Um. Oh yeah, the Jake Paul untold story thing. I don't watch any of that stuff, but it it's an insane cover photo. Um, still nothing. Pawn Stars is coming to Netflix. I used to binge that. Sh- well, when I had live TV, like I was at my, at my parents' house, I would binge that during the summer while I'm doing other things on my computer. Now I cannot watch reality TV that often. You kind of s- once you hear more stuff, your podcast, you kind of kind of can see through how fake it is and it kind of takes it out <laughs> of you watching it Ugh. Mm, nothing super interesting piques my interest 
borrow and I can't think of anything on any of the other platforms and you almost never hear about anything coming out on Peacock so I wouldn't imagine anything on there would be interesting I think the Nancy Drew show, uh, CW show is supposed to end in like a month so I, I'll watch it after that although I'm more and more I'm interested in catching up because I know like being wow so it might take me until this show ends and I don't have to feel like it's waiting such a long time to get through 13 weeks of episodes but I'm so nervous about where the show ends because I'm so excited I'm like you have watched every single season so it's not really a waste to try to finish a show because I hardly ever watch an entire show it feels like that at least and but it's so interesting and I'm such inter- so interested in the story because I thought they truly weren't going in this direction but it feels like harping on a lot of stuff a lot from what some of the spoilers I see but obviously I don't exactly know what's going on particularly what else is on I don't think that there's anything else that I watch now I do want to try to finish the first season of um The Maid is that what it's called it's a Fox show I think it's on what's it's on Max right no I don't know I should look on Fox network. <sighs> no, I don't know how to even type that in. Fox. I hate Google because it's always asking for my location. Um. Let's see. I don't really remember what it's. Oh no, they don't have its show section on the f- on the Fox website. Oh, they do. The Cleaning Lady. That's what it is, because there's that made mini series that's on Netflix. The Cleaning Lady. I'd want to finish the first season because I really like the story. It's so different from what's on TV on basic cable. Not basic cable. It's not basic cable. Network TV. Cause it's and I really like the main guy in that show and the chemistry between the two of them is insane and kind of unexpected there must be like a million other things on tv but i'm i'm always stuck with like the same five things it feels like sometimes but i'm trying to diversify some more but yeah thanks for listening to the latest episode of julie loves television this audio is probably terrible i will continue to work on trying to be louder when i record and not feel like I'm whispering into a mic. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Have a great week. See-